and welcome to eTalks Off the Record Podcast. This is our inaugural episode. I'm Lainey. I'm here with Tyrone Edwards. Today, we're going to discuss the biggest movie in the business right now. That would be Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings and our Canadian superhero, Simu Liu. And remember, what we say here is off the record. T. We both saw the movie. Yes. Let's start there. Let's start there. Let's start with this movie. Well, I just want to mention the way you said hello off the top was so welcoming. So oh. I'm, I'm so glad I'm here right now. Okay. Uh, you also mentioned that this is the big movie. Yeah. And it really is. It's not just based on the hype. It's not just based on the budget. It's not just based on, you know, all the allure around it. It's big. It feels big. It was enjoyable. You left with a feeling of like, oh my gosh, I just watched a big movie. Yeah. So let me just say that. What were your expectations going in? Be honest, and I think it's mm. fair. Like, you saw the trailer, I'm sure, mm -hmm. you heard the hype, you're like, you're the anchor of eTalk, it's your job to like, follow this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. What did you expect going in? I'm not gonna lie, I did expect it to be good. Okay. Yeah, I did. It wasn't one of those things where I thought I was gonna be I didn't think I was going to feel all the different feels that I did mm -hmm. um, because there are different elements to it. It's not just action. There's a bit of love and family. and yeah. the, There's all these different things that, um, I guess, picked at me emotionally. But I did expect it to be good. I just didn't expect it to be great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Like, I think that... You know, I think that on an action movie level, it really satisfies. And you're going to get those set mm -hmm. pieces in a Marvel movie, right? You're going to get the explosions. You're going to get, you know, the special effects, the, and the CGI, cheesy lines. and the cheesy lines. Because there was a few yes. of those. I was like, alrighty. <laughs> you're going to get those. I mean, you get them in all the MC movies. Mm -hmm. What I, I, I don't know that, and I maybe I should have been more prepared. I didn't think that this movie would be so Chinese and mm. so kung fu. Like, and I don't know why, because this is a Chinese character and this 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 superhero superhero like like superhero well. skill is kung fu fighting. But it was when I say it was so Chinese and so kung fu, I mean that for any of us who grew up in Chinese culture, watching kung fu movies and understanding kung fu culture, they somehow incorporated all those elements into this Hollywood English language movie. Bellini, there's a reason why you're surprised. One, when something is so authentic to its culture that it's outside of North American culture, usually when it does make an appearance, it's already been whitewashed and it's already uh -huh. been sort of uh, Sque uh, squeezed into the mold of yeah. what people are used to and are okay with and they have the capacity for and the palate for already. What this was, was just, to me, was a reminder. You just said, in the Chinese culture, you grow up seeing these kind of characters. Well, yeah, to me, I watch those those movies too. I've already fell in love with the martial arts and, and those characters and, the, and all the great mythology and, and stories that are attached to these movies that I've been watching since I was a kid. Hollywood's the one that's late. Yeah. There was nothing new about it. It was just it was just beautiful to see it in this screen with on this screen with this stage with these actors with this budget. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the quality of the story, the um, you know the, the way to you know it's attached to like history and all these other fine and beautiful and precious and valuable things, that's not new to Chinese culture. That's just new to being presented in Hollywood yeah. in, in this way. So for me, I was just like, yeah, these are the movies that I watched where I had to 
pay attention and read the. And sometimes I would watch I would watch martial arts movies where like the characters, the captions yeah. would be in Chinese writing too. <laughs> I like, I don't know what they saying, but this is hot. Because no, it was it was real. Yeah. And you don't even have to sometimes understand the words mm -hmm. um, when something is authentic. You feel it, you yeah. see it, you understand it. You can see the pain, the agony, the love, the defeat, the triumph, all those things. But now we got to see it, you know, with a Canadian superstar and a number of other people that we're used to and with a budget that we're used to in it and presented by a franchise that we're used to. Yeah. To me, it elevated the franchise, period. I love that point that you're making that maybe, like it's not a surprise that I was surprised because it's this conditioning of when things get whitewashed and Hollywoodized. And I, I really do, I really do like you pointing out there that, you know, we're at a time when maybe we can hopefully expect more authenticity. 100%. It was lovely to sit there and hear the, um, hear the language. Mm -hmm. I think if you don't hear the language, is it, how, how do you, um, how do you feel like you're getting the real thing? Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're hearing the language, you're seeing the culture, but it's but you found a way to marry it with the with the Hollywoodness yeah. that we need and that we want. That's another thing is that you know I had just I have to correct myself from earlier when I was like, hey, this movie is English language. Actually, probably almost half of it is in Mandarin. And, and was it that difficult? No, no. it made it better. It, was, it goes back to what Bong Joon Ho said. I think when he won his Golden Globe, and he was like, don't be afraid of like the one inch at the bottom of your screen of subtitles, it's gonna open yourself up. You, you're gonna open yourself up to a whole new world. And as you just said, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we all watch movies on Netflix with the subtitles on now anyway. It's okay if it's a French film, <laughs> right? Right? So, but I do, I do love this part of the movie that like for all the millions of people who tune in for Marvel movies and show up on opening weekend, that they're gonna be heading into a movie where yeah, like a significant percentage of it is gonna be subtitled and it's okay and it's not a distraction. No, not at all. Like to be quite honest, if it didn't have that element, if it didn't have that element, I don't think it would have been, it wouldn't hit me personally yeah. as, as hard because I've seen a lot of movies. Like you said, this is what we do for a living, right? We watch movies, yeah. we talk about it, we craft questions for the directors and the actors and the actresses. This is something that we've been doing, I've been, I've been doing for 10 years. I watch a lot of damn movies. Yeah. So for me, if you're not showing me something that I haven't seen before, don't expect the reaction that you haven't seen yeah. before. Like, you get out what you put in. Yeah. So you present a movie like this, in its rare and raw, not rare, rare but raw beauty, mm -hmm. then you're gonna get the reaction that you got from me. I felt like a kid, I felt, I felt excited when I walked out of that theater. And that's a great feeling. It is a great feeling, and you mentioned what our jobs are. Yes, our jobs are to watch movies, but also part of our job is to watch movie stars. And when I say watch, I don't mean just watch them on screen, but watch them be created. Like, you know, one of the reasons why um, it's so exciting to be in our business is, you mentioned, you know, you've been doing this for 10 years. I've been doing it for, you know, around the same. I'm just a slightly <laughs> uh -huh. older than you. But we get to track the journey, the rise of a star. And so in this case, we're talking about a star who is coming from our hood, like, you know, from our city, from the six, Simu Liu. This is 
I mean, he started as an actor earlier, but this really is the beginning of a superstardom explosion. I mean, you don't, you're not on the side of a building as a superhero if it's not a new level of your career. Uh, let's talk about Simu Stardom. Tyrone, and it wasn't too long ago where, you know, this guy went to school okay. for finance, worked in the finance industry, got laid off, wanted to be an actor. So he was like dressing up as Spider-Man for kids' <laughs> birthday parties and also like doing odd jobs here and there. And, you know, that dude is still part of him. Right. And here's what he told me about like reconciling who he is now with who he was then. Oh, you asked him about it. I did. At one point, you're dressing up in Spider-Man costumes yeah. at kids' birthday parties. I want you today to go back to that dude in the Spider-Man costume. Mm -hmm. What would you tell him? Uh, I mean, not that he needed the encouragement at the time, but I would have said keep going. Because, I mean, you know, from the moment that I made the decision to be an actor, I think it was about four years before my career really got any traction and took off. I mean, it was a lot of years of you wait by the phone, your agent calls, yeah. you get an audition, you go in, you, you know, you, you do 50 auditions, you don't book any of them, and then you have to take odd jobs like being dressed up Spider-Man for kids' birthday parties and get, uh, you know, physically assaulted by children uh, every weekend <laughs> for an entire summer. There's always something in me, though, that felt like I was where I needed to be and that's kind of just what propelled me, even in those, even in those times of just like so much doubt. Like yeah. I remember this one time I was I was handing out like dog food samples on the side <laughs> of the no. street, and um, and one of my old office coworkers recognizes me. Yeah. And he's like, "See me? What are you? What are you doing and you're here?" Mortified. And I'm mortified. Yeah. I'm, I never felt more embarrassed in my life. And that night at home, I remember just you know just sitting there and being like, "What am I doing?" Mm -hmm. Um, there were a lot of those nights, especially early on, and um, yeah, I mean, if it's anything that I could tell either myself or, you know, anybody that's in a similar position, it's like, keep going. Keep going. I can really relate to that, like that, you know, seeing someone you used to know in a different industry, mm -hmm. and now you're like essentially standing on a street corner handing out dog biscuits. Yeah, like I get why he still, you oh, could tell that oh he God. still felt that feeling of mortification. Oh, 100%. I mean, you don't have to have lived, you don't have to have like a parallel experience. Like, yeah. That one's easy to understand. Yeah, that's, that's the... And then for him to be like, to tell everybody out there, keep going. That's, yeah. we gotta keep going. I'm inspired by him today, I can't lie. Keep going, Tyrone. Keep going, okay, keep, keep on going. going. There, was, there was something he said in the film. Oh, I can't remember. He was saying something in the film about, about like, his journey. Yeah. And I remember watching it and we were like, uh, yeah, buddy, <laughs> you're, you're gone now. Like, you're out of here. Like, you're a bona fide superstar. And he has all the qualities. It's not like something that's being force fed. Yeah. Um, this is someone who deserves everything that he's getting. He's earning everything yeah. that he's getting. And it's enjoyable to watch. And of course, we're a little bit biased as we should be. We should cheer for the home team. But isn't it that much more enjoyable when you're cheering for the home team and they're really damn good? Yeah. Like 2019 felt good cheering for the Raptors because they were they were really good. I think Simu would enjoy being compared to the Raptors. Well, but there I mean you go. like when you are a Marvel superhero in that world, it's kind of like winning a championship. Yes, he's larger than life. Like you said, he's even when you're watching him on the screen, he doesn't look like a new star. He looks like a star, period. Yeah. 
I, I also think that like it's it's really refreshing to to see someone of his stature. I mean, again, he's on the side of a, side of a building, right? They're private jetting him all over the place right now. But he walked into our building for our half hour special that just aired last night, and you know, it was the same Simu we've been interviewing for the last five years. Right. And you were on the carpet with him, you know. What were you thinking ahead of his arrival? I mean, talk, walk me through your preparation for this red carpet. Well, it's, I'll tell you this. There's something similar uh, to your experience as to, to mine with the red carpet. So, um, yes, we're seeing him in the new way that he's being presented yeah. and his new, uh, new level of success. He's always been successful, always been talented, yeah. but there's a new level that we have to acknowledge, of course. So I think one with like, not having been on a big red carpet in so long, to seeing him on the side of a building, seeing him on, on the big screen, um, I almost expected, um, I don't know why, but I almost expected like this Hollywood type of conversation. Yeah. It was seamless. It was just the same it person was, you've talked to many and, times. And, and, that, and that, you know, sometimes like when I was taught, it's like when you're interviewing someone, you got to watch their shoulders drop, watch them get comfortable. But I think it was me that had to just be like, oh, yeah, no, let me just talk to them. Let me just talk yeah. to them normal because um, this is normal for him. And that this is his new normal. And I love that. I love that this is the new normal to have a premiere of this size. I mm -hmm. mean, like. Shang-Chi opened. This isn't opened. the last one. Oh, no, of mm -hmm. course not. I mean, this is definitely going to be a franchise within a franchise. And Shang-Chi has had, like, huge red carpets. The big Hollywood premiere, um, big London premiere, mm -hmm. New York premiere, Toronto premiere. Um, I, I also, you know, really appreciate that he's, he's checking off all the movie star boxes, including the fashion. I oh, mean... Yeah, wait, how did I forget that part? Oh my goodness, okay. I, I, I wanted to mention, firstly, like that Simu is still Simu, and he doesn't have to be acting brand new because this is his new sure. normal. He's comfortable okay. with this. We, we want him to be comfortable yeah. with this, uh, this level of success as he continues to shine brighter. But shining brighter also comes with great outfits. Uh-huh. And so... Obviously, we pay attention to what people are wearing, especially you and I do. Uh, yes, we have that <laughs> in common. Toe, right? Yeah. Uh, hair, shoes, clothes, jewelry, whatever. We pay attention to it. Uh, so I made sure I looked the part too. Okay. I think that listeners, our listeners, do want this inside baseball, Tyrone. So how many options did you have? And what were the criteria? Like, because I know everybody knows you like the gear. Yes. You like to come out with something fire. So. Right. So what were you going on mood were you going on color were you going on what 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 to be honest i just i, I had everything come in from the dry cleaners <laughs> so, i just had I had so many damn options it just felt so good wow i i had i had a couple of new suits that i hadn't worn yet okay um weird time of year because yeah. it's it's hot but it's yeah. also september so who knows yeah um but I, I, again, I just had like a bunch of options and I was able to just get something that um, represents me. So I wanted, um, you know, a classic look in a sense, but with a bit of a departure, something that's fun, new, fresh, stylish. I mean, if I can add those adjectives to myself. You know, and I, I feel like, you, uh, you know, for those of us, for those who are listening who, you know, aren't in our business, 
It's impossible to outshine a star. Let's face it. No, like no. I don't, that's not even. We don't want to. Yeah, we don't want well, to. That's maybe, not the not. goal. That's not yeah. the goal, and it's not possible. I mean, like. As lucky as we are to mm -hmm. have all our dry cleaning options returned to us <laughs> and so many choices, we're also not like we don't have Valentino no. on on our contact list. We would like to, yeah. but we don't. And so it's it's always not going to be a level field. But it's to let people at home know, it's out of respect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you we're so proud of Simu, and this yeah, movie so you is, want to dress the part, and that's you want right. to, I, yeah, of course, I, yes. I want to show up to something like this because it's important to me. Yeah. So I'm not going to show up um, in something that I didn't think out. I'm yeah. not going to show up in something that doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. I, and I think also too, it's like, it's the effort mm -hmm. in the presentation. So I think if Simu looks across the, the carpet and sees yeah. that I've put myself together, he's, there's a certain uh, energy there. There's yeah. a certain appreciation. So. Uh, I think it's important that we do dress the part. You know, I, I, um, it reminds me, like, I know times are still weird and not a lot of people or some people might not feel comfortable going to the movie theater, but there are people who, for whom this movie opening was so important that mm -hmm. they, to go to the Cineplex, right, um, even though it's not typically a fancy occasion, they were dressing up in their finest clothes. Mm -hmm. They were planning their outfits, their makeup was done. It's a dark theater, no one's looking at you, but this is the feeling for a lot of people in the community. And I'm not here to make straight comparisons, nor am I here to say anything is the same. I'm just saying it reminded me of when Black Panther opened a few years ago. Right. I remember seeing online people getting very dressed up to go to the screenings uh, and the movies. Yeah, me included. You included. <laughs> and that was a big deal. Yes. But it I tells also wore like the black community. leather on sure. purpose, right? Yeah. Like that day. Um, there was there was a sense of pride like it wasn't look at the end of the day it's still not normal no right it's still like big asian lead big black lead like it's the first ever thing. Right. like we're still we're still in that era where like somebody wins an award it's like the first black person to do it it's like yeah uh, like i love it i love it let's like we're, fine we'll we'll sit through that so our kids don't have to and hopefully it'll be sure. become normal and everybody will get a chance but right now that is our reality. Mm -hmm. And so there is a sense of pride. Um, there should be a sense of pride. And, for, uh, and, and, and that is one, I think, is, is conveyed with the effort that you, yeah. that you put in and how you treat it. Sure, I've been to the movies in like sweatpants and Crocs and a t-shirt that had my lunch on it. But I also showed up in some black jeans and a sharp crisp turtleneck and a black yeah. leather jacket to see Black Panther. Like, there's a reason for that. Um, I think that for him, too, he understands the importance of this moment mm -hmm. for the community mm -hmm. um, and, you know, for kids. Um, as you said, there's a whole generation like us where, where we didn't, that wasn't normal for us. We didn't get to see movies like this. And yet I showed him in, in our interview, I showed him a photo of my two nephews um, Sasha and Marcel, who can't wait to see this movie, who know who Simu is, yeah. who they're so young that this will be an early, early memory. And as as you keep using that word normal, perhaps a normal for them. And I, you know, listen to his reaction and, and how he reacts to the photo and, and what, what he thinks of, of this level of representation. I'm so glad you did this.
I want to show you a photo of two children who are my nephews. These two boys cannot wait to see this movie. Oh my goodness. They have been FaceTiming me all the time saying, Shang-Chi, when are we going? Can't wait. Are you going to talk to <laughs> Simu Gogo, which oh, is yeah. Big Brother Simu? Big Brother. Last time when we talked, you said an, a new generation of Asian kids mm -hmm. are going to have a new normal, which mm -hmm. is that superheroes look like them. So when mm -hmm. I show you a photo like this, and you know that kids like this are feeling this way, how does that make you feel? I mean, it, 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 means, it means the world. They're, they're absolutely adorable, by the way. It means that, you know, children can grow up and see themselves reflected and, and believe what I, you know, I think every child fundamentally deserves to believe, which is that the world is their oyster and that they can be anything. It's something that I, I feel like maybe you and I, growing up, we never quite felt. We no. were, you know, we turned on the TV, no. we saw the stories that were being told and we're like, okay, this is great, I understand, you know, this is the culture that I live in, but I also kind of implicitly understand that I don't belong here. Mm -hmm. So we were just always made to feel apologetic for our Asianness, yeah. like we were always the guest in someone else's home and finally we can just give children this idea like you're not the guest this is your home yeah you belong here yeah you know I think that's absolutely awesome I'm so glad that you did that um, it also makes me think about when you grow up in a city specifically like this Toronto mm -hmm. I can speak to my lived experience there's a reason why we want a level playing field. There's a right. reason why we want these things to be normal yeah. and, 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 a, and a full cultural exchange. Mm -hmm. and the reason why is because this. I use this example all the time. Little Italy in Toronto, it's famous for all the great restaurants and sounds, and music, smells, all that great stuff. I always say Little Italy did so much more than, um, I guess, provide those feelings and those foods for the Italian community because me as a, a young black boy I went there and enjoyed it and that was normal yeah um, so when you're seeing your nephews my nephews mm -hmm. um, that age group seeing Simu so someone from their city yeah someone Asian yeah someone bigger than life yeah and that's what they're used to that that helps um, there's a reason why when a lot of times when I, when I was in university in, in the States, people would be like, oh, how do you know about that? Or did you travel there? Did you study it? And I'm like, nah, I just, you don't know what a shawarma is? Yeah. Like, like, what the heck? Like, you know, like, you, you, uh, there were so many, <laughs> there was, there was so many, there was, but there was, that, that's, that's just a funny example, but there's so many, there's so many benefits to a full cultural exchange, and that's why we want to normalize yeah. it. It's not to, um, take away from anyone, yeah. but it's to uplift everyone. Yeah, and I think that that's why I love what we do, is that we are exploring what can happen and the conversations that can result from the intersection of fame and culture mm -hmm. and society. Like, these are deeper conversations that are coming out of really a superhero movie. And a lot of people dismiss that, like it's just a superhero movie, but these are the, the, the big issues we can unpack. At the same time, we also are having fun with celebrity. And Simu is now a big celebrity. I mean, he's yeah. on late night talk shows. He's getting paparazzi now. I'm seeing, you know, every day almost in, in the photo agencies, photos of him. So this is, as we said, just the beginning. 
where does he go from here? What do you think? Like, of course, his journey as Shang-Chi is not over. There's mm -hmm. going to be a sequel. But where are we headed next? I wonder. I wonder what he wants. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think the obvious, the trajectory for him is, you know, look, he's on that, that sort of upper echelon, all right? Yeah. He's going to do things within that arena. He's going to do things on that level. But I also am interested to see what he wants to do mm -hmm. because he'll have a lot more say now. Yeah. And that is the power. That's the strength. So, yes, it might be just an action movie for some people, but what it actually is is holding space. It's mm. occupying space. Yes. Right? It's occupying a space that comes with power, comes with access, comes with people listening to you, people wanting to support what you have to say. So any side projects or passion projects that he's sort of been holding close or holding quiet for the last little bit, we're going to see them. You're right about power, platform, and space, mm -hmm. and fearlessness in that approach. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, here's someone who got his first Marvel movie, it's about to come out, and he's still out here on social media <laughs> as vocal, provocative, sometimes disruptive as he can be instead of playing it safe. There's, there's something about that that I find really um, exhilarating because typically people get that big contract, so to speak, and they play it safe. Mm -hmm. And he keeps swinging. I feel like, I feel like, um, I don't know, I'm just going, just a hunch here. I feel like, Lainey, I feel like you would do the same thing. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I don't know if Lainey would know. just uh, get know. the big contract and be quiet. And if, <laughs> if I got Marvel money, I, I don't know that I, think I would, you would like... cause a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I would. I don't know that like I'm that principled. Like you mm. know, I think that that is what happens when um, it be, we've seen it happen time and again where. Power actually makes people more conservative of and course. less risky. Of course. And yet, here is Simu. He already on Twitter manifested this role for himself, tweeting out, hey, Marvel, call me. And he actually got the job. Then after getting the job, has been so spoken about anti-Asian racism. And then recently, like just two weeks before the movie opens, he kind of cheekily checks the head of Disney and is like, we are not an interesting experiment. I mean, that's big f Balls. Let's go. I mean, look, if you're going to take up that space, yeah. a space that we have already acknowledged isn't, um, is rare. Yeah. It's just, you don't, you don't see that. Go. Yeah. Would you, don't, don't. I mean, look, I'm, he just inspired me to, um, hey, What Marvel. are you doing? So Ty Tyrone is now live tweeting during our podcast. Hey, Marvel. Oh, and he, Tyrone is now manifesting himself into something, Marvel, I, uh -huh. I'm predicting. Yes. So, Call me. <laughs> Tyrone you is need, currently tweeting to Marvel uh, and asking them to call him. You need a Rastaban. There. <laughs> uh, and then I'll put inspired by Simo. Mm -hmm. Great. There you go. Like, let's see where this goes. I'm inspired, but this is what I'm saying. Like, I'm doing this jokingly, but I'm also like, <laughs> Marvel, holla at me. Because uh, he did it, it worked. Yeah. He is not taking up the space for no reason. Yeah. He's taking up the space with a number of reasons. And I, uh, back to my point, we don't even know half the reasons yet. If he's already shown 
that he's not shy, he's not holding his tongue, mm -hmm. he's still respectful, mm -hmm. he's still gonna dress the part, he's still going to perform in, in the films. He's got a lot more. Mm -hmm. He's got a lot more. I agree. That's what this is showing us. This I is me like, oh, welcome. Yeah. You know? On all sides. Like on from all sides. on the personal side, on the engagement and activist side, mm -hmm. but also on the artistic side. You know, he has shown that he can do comedy with Kim's convenience. Mm -hmm. He's now showing us the action superhero side of himself. His next role, um, he's actually gonna be in a romantic movie. This is a movie called One True Loves. Okay. It's like a love triangle situation. So it's a woman, Philippa Sue, and you know, her husband, something happens, she loses him, whatever, and she falls in love again with Simu's character. Mm -hmm. And so this is another chance, first of all, to flex his range. But as we always say with Simu, there are layers, levels. And for him, what's also important is for him to take on these roles where the Asian man can be like the heartthrob, the swoony dude. Sexy. Yeah, like you, yeah. You, you need me to say it? I, I know. Sexy. I mean, listen. Yes, it's I'm, cool if you say it. <laughs> sexy. No, I'm like, what you talking about? The, horny. The, what you I wanted to say horny. horny. I wanted to say okay. horny. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> And frankly, Tyrone, like, you know, we saw it in Crazy Rich Asians, but there's not a lot of opportunity for us to see specifically Asian men mm -hmm. be the, the bodice ripper guy. Right. right. And this is what he's doing in this movie. And I, I'm really... And he did really, a damn good job at it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to... Why? Do you know something I don't? No. Oh, oh you're talking about... Oh, sorry. I was going yeah. back to Marvel. I was going back to... Um, Shang-Chi. Okay. Because I, I, when we were watching the film, I heard a, a gasp, and I, I'm not saying it was you, but I did hear something in the <laughs> what, theater. When he took his shirt off? Yeah, when he took his shirt off. <laughs> and I was like, huh. That was not me. It may have been our producer. That, okay, first of all, that was not me. I, if anyone, here, let's throw our producer under the bus. Maybe it was our producer who was there watching the movie with us. Who was it? JoJo. Oh, it could have been JoJo. It could have been JoJo. <laughs> I could have been JoJo anyway. Sorry, JoJo, if we're throwing you under the bus. Mm -hmm. But um, the main point is, is that Simu is showing us so many of his layers, right. and there are going to be so many more. Or shedding or the layers. Shedding the Yes. <laughs> yes, thank you. You threw that up. I had to catch it. We're, we're, we're okay. teammates. But I will tell you this. Before we end, we'll end on this high note. OK. Because I'm trying to now manifest for him like, I would like to see him as People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive for 2021, and I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be. I'll put that out there for you. <laughs> you get a I will campaign it. for you. I will campaign for you. I will, I will lead off your campaign. Lainey, I will do it for the culture, for, for you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. We're going to manifest it. We're going to send that energy to you, Simu. You are deserving. Um, you are humble, you are great, you are talented, you are mindful, you are for the people, you are for the future, you are all the things, you are all the ingredients of sexy, not just physical, but all of that sexiness. So uh, from one big guy from Toronto to another. That would be, if that comes true, that would be our first eTalk off the record prediction. Oh, I want that for us then. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> want, it's all about us. Um, hey, everyone, thank you so much for listening to our first off-the-record podcast. It's been so great doing this. Uh, be sure to subscribe so you always know when a new episode drops. And don't forget to watch eTalk weeknights, 7 p.m. Eastern on, on CTV. CTV. And remember, what we say here is... Off the Record.